Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And here we go. It is basketball time, finally, in Oxford, Mississippi. We've got head coach Kermit Davis, uh, Ole Miss men's basketball head coach, is joining us here today. And uh, we'll talk about his roster. And I think by the end of it, you'll probably wonder if there's enough basketballs to go around uh, by the time you start talking about all the offensive firepower that the Rebels have uh, this season. It should be a lot of fun in the pavilion. Three games kind of open up the season before the Rebels go on the road in the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic in Charleston, South Carolina. They've got Trevecca uh, in Oxford. Uh, November the 5th at 6 o'clock, November the 9th at 6.30 against New Orleans, and then November the 12th, uh, also a Friday night at 6 p.m. against Charleston Southern. All three of those games will be in the Pavilion, and the last two will be on SEC Network Plus with their streaming platform. So uh, head coach Kermit Davis joining us here in the show, going through the roster, schedule, and also talk about kind of his days growing up in Mississippi, the Leakesville, Mississippi native. Uh, grew up loving basketball. Really didn't have a chance, really. Uh, his dad, Kermit Davis Sr., uh, was an incredibly talented basketball coach. And, and you'll learn from the interview when Coach Davis, uh, the uh, the younger of the two, decided he wanted to be a basketball coach. Uh, coach is in his third year. His first year was 20 and 13, made it to the NCAA tournament uh, and made, did not get past the first round, but did make the tournament. And the next year goes 15 and 17. And, of course, last year in the COVID year, 16 and 12, uh, had some tough losses down the stretch and uh, kind of last minute, last second losses actually made it all the way to the NIT and before uh, losing in the first round. So, Coach Davis excited about his team. Was a head coach at a very early age back in 1985 at Southwest Mississippi Community College. Uh, at that point, traveled to uh, to be an assistant at Idaho, uh, and also was a head coach there from '89 to '90. He would again be the head coach at Idaho. That would be in 1997. The one in 1991, he had that one season at Texas A&M where he was a head coach. And then he traveled to Chipotle Junior College where he's an assistant head coach and also the head coach. Had a uh, couple of years in 95 and 96 at Utah State as an assistant coach. Uh, but once again, the head coach in Idaho in 97. And then he uh, came down south where he's at LSU. He was assistant associate head coach in 1998 to 2002. And then, of course, in Middle Tennessee, uh, he served as head coach from 03 until 2018. Pretty long stint there. Uh, had a very successful stint in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Once again, a special thank you for everyone that has subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast. Be sure to tell a friend. We've uh, had a lot of fun over the last couple of months. Excited about basketball season. So, without further ado, here's Ole Miss men's basketball head coach Kermit Davis Jr. on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. 
It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life, a major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships, moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. When I was assistant coach at LSU, I came to Tad Smith. I've grown up watching Ole Miss basketball my whole life. And I watched, I came in at Tad Smith, and I don't think I've ever been in an arena where a fan base had an attachment to a team. Many of you guys were there. And it was Keith Carter and Ansu Cisse and Jason Reed, Michael White, and that arena was electric. Because you know what? You guys connected with that team. You identified with the passion and the energy and the relentless play that they had. So I know as we go, and I've got Ronnie Hamilton and, and Wynn Case, and we'll hire some other fine assistants here. As we go out and look for players, that's who we'd like to epitomize right there. I mean, just his toughness. So thanks, Keith, for everything you've done, all right? The term Mississippi made, boy, does it fit us. When you get me, you get all of us. And they will come from all over North Mississippi right here. You know, Mississippi made is, is my dad. I'd like to introduce Kermit Davis Sr. I grew up in a gym watching him coach. I knew at four or five years old, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Dad grew up in Walnut. He said he grew up in Faulkner. I would only leave to leave for a prestigious university and a place that I think is in the best basketball conference in America. And through for Luis Rodriguez, he's got the steal. Takes it down with a dunk and he hammers it with the right hand over Kamwa. He dunked it easily and Kamwa is posterized on that one. Here's Nick Weatherspoon, that's a deep three, well short. Rebound, Schumer, and it is over. Ole Miss with an exclamation point on a monstrous week. Their winning streak now at 10 as Kermit Davis's Rebels get to 13-2 on the season. And for Mississippi State, a second straight loss in conference play. And their first loss at home this season. Happy to be joined by head coach Kermit Davis Jr., the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. And uh, coach, thanks very much for jumping on today. We're almost time for ba- for basketball season here here in Oxford. It is, you know, Brad. I was telling our team we. 
we took off, uh, we had a scrimmage uh, Sunday, took off yesterday, uh, and we watched tape this morning, lifted, and we got seven days of practice, including today, before our exhibition, and uh, so we're we're, we're right there, and uh, it, it's good. I, I like our team, and uh, we got some work ahead of us, but uh, I know everybody's excited about getting this thing started and starting to play other people on a regular basis. Had a chance to visit with you a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was a good day for Ole Miss. Kind of started a, a streak for the football team, Arkansas, then, Tex, uh, then to Tennessee on the road, and then, of course, uh, they beat LSU at home. But we had a chance to visit, and it was interesting to talk because you came to Oxford. Uh, back in 2019, one coach of the year. Before that, I want before we get to Ole Miss, I want to ask you something real quickly. A lot of ch- changes across conference affiliations, that sort of thing. Not really sure what's going to happen with Middle Tennessee State, but I would like to ask. You spent a lot of time in Murfreesboro from 03 to 2018. How much did that kind of coin your philosophy for basketball, and how much did it kind of grow you as a coach? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously we played so many games on the road. Brad. So I was kind of oblivious. You know, here we do not have a true road non-conference this year at Ole Miss. That's the first time it's ever happened to me. We had some really good neutral site games, some tough home games in non-conference, but not on the road. So there, you know, it was just hard to get games. We're on the road all the time. We really couldn't buy games. And uh, so it kind of, it hardens you up, you know, knowing you had to go on the road and win, win tough games. And, uh, uh, but it was, it was a, it was a great 16 years for us, prepared me greatly for here. We played a lot of SEC teams, and uh, but it's sure nice. And we had some good facilities there. But to get here where it's just fully funded at every different level in your program uh, to give you the best opportunity to win at a national level. Looking at your roster here in Oxford, and uh, you, know, you and I jokingly said before we went on air, you need about four basketballs. A lot of people throughout the state of Mississippi are looking at a couple of players. One of those is Deshaun Ruffin, uh, the McDonald's All-American, the very first McDonald's All-American that, that Oxford, uh, that Ole Miss is going to be able to say they've had. He's out of Callaway High School. Of course, we remember David Sanders played at Ole Miss. He's his, he's Ruffin was Ruffin's head coach at Callaway. And then there's a five-star transfer, Jamie and Brakefield out of Duke. Those are two really good players, and I know Ole Miss fans are excited about those two. Yeah, and they're two good. They're two great people too. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, Jamin would recruit him really, really hard, and he went to Duke kind of the last minute. Uh, I was glad to have him back. Uh, he's off to a good start. Uh, you know, he's six nine, very skilled, uh, versatile, can can shoot, can really pass it. Uh, Deshaun obviously was a, you know, we've recruited him since the ninth grade. Like the first day I got on the job here, and it was a long process. And uh, his family loves Ole Miss. You know, Deshaun's like a lot of freshmen in the country, talented. He's so hard to keep him in front. I thought he's the fastest guy with the ball in high school basketball last year. He's proven that this year. You know, now he's got to learn the maturity level of defending and, you know, and when and when not to, all the things that young players go through. But, uh, but yeah, they're both really good teammates. And, yep, you're right. Uh, Rebel Nation is going to enjoy watching them in the pavilion. One player that, that came across the, the wire when he transferred over from Georgia was Ty Fagan. How excited were you about Fagan? Because his numbers were pretty good at Georgia. Yeah, you know, he had 19 and 13 against us twice last year and played good against us. And, uh, you know, we'd signed Ty at, at Middle Tennessee. And when we left, he just chose to, to go to Georgia. And he, he did well for, for three years there and just wanted to make a change. And so – uh, yeah, we love his experience. We love his maturity. Ty's one of those guys. He can just 
he can do a lot of different things, and uh, he impacts winning. Uh, so he, he gives us a, a great locker room guy and a really good player. The Oxford High School product, uh, Jarkel Joyner, the transferred in from CSU Bakersfield, finished the last two games last year in a season where you went 16-12 with the NIT berth, 48 points those last two games. That's Jarkel Joyner, Coach. He is sounds to me like, please correct me if I'm wrong, the linchpin for this offense this year. He is. He just uh, he's played really well. He's so confident. Uh, his assist to turnovers have gone way, way up. Uh, so he's developing more point guard skills. Uh, you know, Devontae, I thought, really improved in that area. Brian improved in that area. Uh, Jarkel's right in that line. But those guys, his leadership skills, uh, Brad, are off the chart. I mean, just his willingness to be coached, uh, how he carries himself away from uh, the facility. Uh, he's terrific. And uh, I just hope that our team will continue to take on his personality. You know, it's a guard league in the Southeastern Conference. It's score points. Uh, people like to see that scoreboard light up. We haven't talked much about Austin Crowley, but if you compound Crowley along with Ruffin, uh, Niger Brooks, uh, I'm sorry, he's, he's down low, but a forward, Jamie and Brakefield, people that are going to score, Matthew Morrell. Other than Joyner, who are some players you're hoping that can step up early on this year? Yeah, you know, and you mentioned, you know, AC and uh, and Matt have both uh, had, had really good improvement. Obviously, Luis Rodriguez. You know, had some really good moments last year. I think Luis could be the best defender and the best rebounding guard uh, in our league. Uh, I tell you, he's going to be a really good player. James White. You know, he's just got to stay patient, but he can. He's built to score. He's long, athletic. Uh, you know, so uh, I do. I feel comfortable. We got we got really good depth at the guard spot. James White, the uh, the freshman out of Conyers, Georgia Heritage uh, High School. Now we'll go to that center in Niger Brooks, a transfer, a graduate transfer out of uh, Miami, Florida, uh, prepped in Philadelphia. Down low, Coach, I think you used the term light switch when you talked about post-play with David Kellum a few games last year. One of those players that was kind of on and off was Sammy Hunter. Uh, Robert Allen, another another player. Luis Rodriguez. Who are some players that are going to have to step it up down low to kind of get, get your muscle going down low? Yeah, you know, uh, Nas has been, he's been a, you know, we thought he's a good player. He's really played well in our blue-white scrimmages. He played well in our scrimmage the other day. Uh, you know, he's seven feet, 240 pounds, got great hands. Uh, he just, he can be a really good low-post defender. Uh, you know, so he's he's one. Obviously, Robert Allen's much improved. Uh, Sammy Hunter, he's such a skilled talent. Got to get him to go back and, get the toughest things into his game, rebounding. But, God, he can stretch the defenses uh, right there. Uh, you know, and I tell you who else has got a chance, Eric Vanderheiden. You know, he's another, again, six, eight and a half uh, freshman that's really skilled. You know, he just got to keep going, keep going, and, and going right through the process. You know, a lot of words that we've used today is graduate transfer and transfer. How has the world of college basketball, you know, dating back to however long you've been in it, changed over the last couple of years when you talk about the portal and transfers and how has that changed recruiting? Yeah, you know, I mean, 39 years. And I think maybe it's 25 or 26 as a head Division One coach. Uh, you know, my first job, we didn't have a cell phone. Now some of my players have agents. <laughs> we got <laughs> portals so i say it's come a long way you know so uh it's it, it has it's gone 360 and it, it just is what it is and everybody asked about it i said well there's no changing you got to adapt to it 
and uh, you know, and I tell fan bases all the time, you can't, especially you know, ours is that you just can't be disappointing the guys you lose. You just got to be happy with the guys that you get and pull for those guys because there's going to be there's going to be change in rosters. It just is uh, in our sport. Uh, so, you know, the, the 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 thing is now how many high school guys. You know, we got three high school guys committed. Uh, we may get a fourth one uh, in the next week or two. Not sure. Uh, and then from there, kind of look right into the to the transfer portal. And everybody says, well, how many spots do you have? You really don't know, Brad, with transfer portal, the draft, uh, the different things that you got. And so it's just kind of an ever-evolving process that you, you, know, you just got to go day-to-day with. Familiar names across uh, your assistant coaching pool with Win Case, Ronnie Hamilton, and Levi Watkins. Uh, I guess a you kind of a, a ten thousand feet question: How important are those three men to your staff? Well, you know, uh, Win's been with me fourteen years. I think Ronnie, gosh, I think he's your number eight or seven, uh, maybe more than that. Levi, you know, our fourth year here. Uh, you know, their families love Oxford. Uh, they represent what Ole Miss wants to be represented by, great family people, uh, hardworking, uh, done a really, really good job. You know, we're in recruiting battles every single day and, uh, you know, here. And so uh, we knew it was going to be a process, and uh, and those guys have been a huge part of it. You talked about not a true road game. Uh, you will be on the road the weekend of November 18th through the 21st in the Shriners Children's Classic, uh, Charleston Classic, and an opportunity to face a really good Marquette team, maybe uh, West Virginia, Elon. I know you're excited about that series. Yeah, it, it's a, it's one of the best, you know, uh, kind of preseason MT events uh, in college basketball. And obviously you said Marquette and in West Virginia, St. Bonaventure may be the most highly ranked team in there. Clemson, Boise State, Eli, a lot, lot, lot of really good teams. And uh, so, you know, we'll be challenged really tough against Marquette uh, right there. And uh, But those are those kind of games that you want to play. And, uh, you know, the next year we go to the big one in Orlando, uh, you know. And so we're, you know, in the future we've gotten invited to Maui. So those are some of the things that – you know, we wanted to try to create a national brand. You got to go play in the best ones. Looking at the non-conference schedule this year, you talked about again not the true road game, but you do get Western Kentucky and Atlanta. I think a lot of Ole Miss fans are excited just because of proximity. Uh, the Memphis Tigers coming down to Oxford uh, to face uh, Ole Miss. And I know you've probably seen a lot of the news uh, about Memphis, uh, how they're recruiting and, and that sort of thing. This is a rivalry that kind of dates back a long way, back to Dana Kirk. It's really kind of caught steam over the last couple of years. It's been very competitive. Yep. You know, we lost a heartbreaker there by one or two. You know, they sold it out on a Saturday. Uh, same thing. It's going to be an 11 o'clock tip here, uh, national TV. I think it'll be a sellout. Great, great crowd. We're going, to, we're going to play every year. I called Penny when I got the jobs. Penny, I just, I just said we ought to play, and he, he agrees with it. And uh, it's just a game that we, we all want to happen. People want to come to and watch. Uh, obviously got Dayton at home. The Western Kentucky has always been really, really good. You know, obviously I'm very familiar with them. Our arch rival when I was at Middle Tennessee. Rick's done a great job there. So we are. It's, it's a really, really hard uh, competitive non-conference schedule. That game, of course, on ESPN2 coming up on December the 4th. Uh, that's in Oxford, 11 a.m. game. Coach, I expect a big crowd for that one. Last year was kind of weird. 
uh, you know, we had so many protocols in place, and I know you didn't like them because I didn't like them. The fans didn't like them, and I can assure you probably the players didn't like them. It appears that, knock on wood, we're going to get back to something more, I guess you could say, relevant to a normal season. Boy, I know you're excited about that. Yep, it's going to it's going to be a, just 100 percent normal, and uh, I mean the floor seating is is there. Uh, obviously, you know I don't think there's going to be any mass mandate inside the building. I think we're you know because of what Oxford is doing uh, right now. I just think that uh, it's going to be live and club red back to going, and uh, it was it was we had some really really great home wins last year. Kind of felt lonely, you know, winning some of those games and. You'd have loved to to had those great great crowds and wins over Kentucky and Tennessee and Auburn, Missouri, and and uh, so we can't wait. I know our players can't wait uh, to get the students and the fan base back. Yeah, the club red. Uh, I've had a conversation with some folks inside the administration. They can't wait to go, and I know a lot of people really miss that. You look at the SEC slate, and there's some tough ones on the schedule. You and I talked briefly uh, before the Arkansas game. Uh, even with Kentucky down, the SEC is an absolute gauntlet. Yep, I think it's the deepest it's ever been. Uh, I really do. Uh, I, I think there'll be eight, nine teams uh, to go to the tournament, no doubt. Now, we all got to do our part and play well in November and December and in the non-conference schedule. Uh, but you're right, the depth of players, depth of recruiting, the coaching in our league, facilities, just commitment to basketball, Brad, is you know at a real high level right now. And the good news for Ole Miss fans, three straight home games to open up the season. It begins, Coach, it's right around the corner. November the 5th against uh, Triveca, that exhibition game's at 6 o'clock inside the Pavilion. Real quick, from from a f- facility standpoint, the Pavilion, gosh, Coach, I mean, I know you've gone all across the country. you played in arenas all across the country. It's a darn good, nice arena, isn't it? Well, you know, a lot of times you build a new arena like that and you say, gosh, I forgot this. I wish we'd have done that. I don't know. I mean, they, they just, there's, you know, they, when you build an arena, there's two people you're just trying to please, obviously player and fan experience. And our players, the people that come in to play us just look around and say, holy cow. But the fan experience and the premium seating and how you take care of the students on the floor, I mean, there's three different levels of premium seating. That That's almost unheard of in college basketball. And uh, so it really is. They, they did an unbelievable job. I wouldn't trade it for any building in America to play in. I know a lot of people have stepped up financially uh, for the Tui Center. I know you're really excited about your practice facility as well. Yeah, I mean, what Sean and Leanne did is terrific. It's a great facility. We've kind of put our finishing touches on about every room. Uh, we're now, uh, next week, going to totally redo our weight room. It'll be as nice as anywhere in college basketball. And that's kind of the last area that we needed to kind of address uh, but it, but it's terrific. So you add that practice facility with, with the pavilion. I mean, you compete with anybody. I know a lot of people talk about marketing, and uh, you and your staff do a wonderful job. When you look on Monday Night Football, Peyton Manning is wearing an Ole Miss jersey. Tom Brady's talking about wearing Ole Miss pajamas. Uh, Katy Perry's talking about Ole Miss. That just helps the university as a whole. And it, what I like to call it's free publicity. How important has Lane Kiffin been from just strictly a marketing standpoint for the university and the athletic department? Yeah, you know, I just think in the SEC, you know, not everybody can – I mean, Ole Miss just wins in everything. I mean, they win in everything. The head coaches on this campus is unbelievable. What Lane has done and, you know, that, that game on Saturday and to deliver, you know, the day that – 
the Mannings are, are here and it's on CBS and a big game against an arch rival, you know, and maybe have a Heisman Trophy candidate uh, deal. And then, like you said, you know, what the Mannings have meant to Ole Miss and, you know, the humility and how humble for Peyton to do that last night. I mean, that's just good for everybody. It's good for not only sports, it's good for attracting students all across the country uh, to come to Miss. And, Coach, before we let you go, I know uh, charities and causes are really big to you. But there, there was a recent charity uh, and a cause, a free throw contest, uh, athletic director Keith Carter, who, I'll be honest with you, Coach, may be one of the best athletic directors that's ever stepped foot on campus at Ole Miss, took part in that as well. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of the charities and causes. Yeah, it was great. We had Keith. We had Chancellor Boyce here. Had students. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a great way for us to raise money, coaches versus cancer in our state. The money stays here in our state. And, you know, so for every student that showed up, I paid a dollar. Every free throw, I paid 10. They made a half-court shot, I paid 500. Students were kind of lacking at the line, Brad. And I think they shot about <laughs> 15 or 16% from the line. They made 16 or 17 half-court shots. There you so go. They the check for – over $10,000, and it was just great. I mean, it's a great way that, that students can help raise money with our team, and, you know, and so to find a way to do that and connect with, with the student body, and they delivered again. So it was a lot of fun and for a great cause. One more question before I let you go. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about your dad, Kermit Sr. And, you know, growing up, Coach, did at what point did you think he was an incredibly successful coach? At what point as a young man or maybe as you got older into high school or into college did you think, I, I kind of like the coaching thing. I'm going that direction. Yeah, I, I think it was, I mean, real, real young. And, I mean, it was, I think, I bet you I knew. And before junior high, that's just what I wanted to do. Uh, I got my degree in business. You know, he wanted me to do that. And I'm glad I did that. I got a master's. But uh, coaching is what I wanted to do. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to be a college coach. So I started in a junior college at Southwest. And, uh, you know, the opportunities that I was afforded young, to be an SEC head coach's son and people I met. I mean, Brad gave me a lot of early opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten, you know, just by the people that I came in contact with. And then to learn from a guy like my dad, and I'm so lucky I'm still here with my mom and they're 50 minutes away in Tupelo. I mean, just you couldn't have a better place for me uh, to end my college career as a basketball coach right here at Ole Miss and get a good fun of my family. Coach Kermit Davis Jr., kind enough to join us here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Coach, thanks very much. Best of luck this season, and we appreciate you stopping by. All right. Thanks for having me on, Brad. listening to the believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan download the show on Apple podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E and at believe podcasts as well as Facebook Brad Logan Media from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.